This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 30 is brought to you by Blueberry Markets. It's 2022. It's time to expand the empire. With the world's best customer service for a Forex broker, you can now trade and chart the top 50 traded American stocks and 10 cryptocurrencies. And this is continuing to expand. If you are outside of the United States, hit the link down below. That will take you to my blog. The blog will keep you updated on everything that's going on with Blueberry Markets and the offer I have at the bottom of that blog, which is a link you click that also gives you a cash bonus when you sign up and your own personal customer service rep should anything go wrong. The markets are moving. It's time you get moving too. Make 2022 the year where it all comes together with Blueberry Markets. Now, if you're a U.S. citizen, I have a great broker for you as well. Simply check the show notes below for that link. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and Happy New Year to everybody out there. How's your new year going so far? Now, mine is going wonderful. I didn't party last night, so I feel good right now. And uh, I am also $1,000 in Litecoin richer than I was a few days ago. Now, how'd that happen? Well, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, you might remember a couple months ago, a few months ago, but at the time, there were still all of these people when Bitcoin was right about $60,000 saying that we were going to hit 100K USD by the end of 2021. And some people were going way further than that. Now, these people were well-respected people with tons and tons of social media followers, large companies we're making these predictions, too. They're right along the same lines. Um, some people were even going as high as like 330000 by the end of 2021, whilst Bitcoin was sitting in that 55 to 60K range, not even a few months ago. And I'm like, this is complete madness. I'm taking the under. And if I lose, well, my crypto portfolio just went way up. So, hey, I win anyway. Now, when have you ever seen me in the four years I've been doing this come out with a bet like that, that I was offering. Now, I might not have really been offering Twitter that bet, and there's reasons for that. I didn't want people piling in because I only have so much money to cover it. <laughs> My average bet these days, um, like on a college football game, for example, is $500, and I never go higher than that. Uh, but I was willing to go up to 1K on this. So what I did is, so I'm a member of other Discord forums now, WhatsApp groups, Signal groups uh, that I just joined this year. Uh, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, look how exclusive I am, but I really tried to up my network this year. Yeah, and when you meet all these people and they know you, they invite you to their private groups. But I didn't want to make a bet with my people on the No Nonsense Forex Discord forum and take their money. So I went to some of the other ones. And these forums have very successful people on them to where crypto is like all they do. And the majority of them have a lot more crypto and a lot more money than I do. That's why I like being there, because I learn a lot. But I proposed this bet to them. I said, 1K, whoever wants to take it will do it in Litecoin or the stablecoin of your choice. Really makes no difference to me. And all of these millionaires, people who are also making the same predictions, by the way, wanted no part of my bet. I even said, look, the price doesn't even have to end up at 100K by the end of December 2021. If it even touches 100K at any point in time, consider yourself the winner of the bet. Uh, but I'm taking the under. 
I was willing to put my money where my mouth was, and they were not. Now, before I go on, I want to let everybody know, this is not about me winning a bet. I'm going to toot my own horn here a little bit, as I've been known to do lately, but it's more about the takeaways that all of us can gain from the way this whole process played out. You understand? There is so much we can learn here. But even though I couldn't get anybody to take my bet at the time, this was that kind of early Q4 2021 where these predictions were everywhere. And you guys know, I never single out individual people on this channel, but you guys all know who these people are. Big YouTube channels, big financial gurus, crypto experts, and I put experts in quotation marks. Let's talk about experts real quick. I'm on fire today, contrarians, but have we not learned in the last two or three years that what I said in my own podcast, not this one, the one I had before, that experts are not really experts? I think by definition, if you were to go watch a one-hour YouTube video on something like knife sharpening, you, knowledge-wise, are probably in the top 0.001% of all the world in terms of how to sharpen a knife. How great is that? Now, every hack news agency in the world can use you as a source. I can see the headline now. Best place to sharpen a kitchen knife is on a block of cheese, experts say. New evidence shows that the best way to sharpen a pocket knife is by shaving your own ass cheek with it, experts say. Journalists can now put up the most ridiculous headline they can come up with and just put comma experts say after it, and all of a sudden it becomes legitimate. If you're an idiot. And most people are. And they're also lazy because most of them, almost all of them, are never going to do the digging and find out just who this expert is and what makes them an expert in the first place and how many people in the expert community actually agree with this guy. You know, that's far too much work for most people. So anyway, these crypto experts, experts on what exactly, I have no idea, but they're certainly not experts at price forecasting. Why? Because nobody is. The best price forecaster in the world still absolutely sucks balls at it. Do you think these crypto randos are any better? Oh, and before anybody jumps in, yeah, the precious metals experts have been getting this shit wrong for over a decade now. They're horrible at it too. Everybody's horrible at it. Those of you who are carryovers from the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel know that predicting future price is something we just don't do. And this is why. We like high percentage probabilities, not super low percentage probabilities. We will never tell you exactly where price is expected to go. That is a foolish endeavor. But now this time around, you want to add the element of time and say it's all going to happen by end of year 2021? Are you crazy? Amateur mistake. Even though, I've said this before, I'm a financial guy, but I'm also a YouTuber. As a YouTuber, I get it because the amount of clicks these people garnered from these goofy-ass price predictions is off the charts. They made a lot of money and a lot of social clout and a lot of future followers due to these predictions. So it's kind of a push-pull thing with me. You know, is it completely ridiculous? Yes. Even if they got it right, it was ridiculous. Now, they all got it way wrong. But just about every single one of them managed to come out way ahead in the end, despite 
these awful predictions. And hey, I've said it before, a lot of these channels I love, I respect, I don't really think most of them were doing it maliciously. I think they honestly believed these predictions and had some solid reasoning behind it, which we will talk about. Now again, I don't point out individuals, but there were also big banks making these predictions. And fuck them, right? So let's call them out. Now here's the weird thing about it. I was writing these things down as they were happening, the name of the bank and the prediction, but I can no longer find the source for half of these. Curious, right? What happened to them? If anybody can find the Bank of America prediction and give me a link, put it down in the YouTube comments section if you don't mind. I can't find it anymore. It was right at the top of the page <laughs> months ago, but now it's not. But as far as 100K and over predictions, you had Bank of America was on there. Standard Charter was on there. Uh, Citibank had a price prediction of over $300,000 by the end of year 2021. I still have that link. I will post it below before it goes away. Uh, so if it doesn't work, when you click it, you know why. But they even said in that article that the guy who made the prediction was using technical analysis as his basis. Go figure. Anytime I see somebody using a fib extension or a resistance line to tell me where price is expected to go, I immediately click the back button and go search for another video. But then on top of that, you're going to tell me when it's going to happen by a certain time. I'm out. I'm out. I may respect your opinion on fundamentals of crypto, which is really what I'm looking for when I'm doing research. But from a technical analysis standpoint, you're dead to me. Now, look, there were some other fundamental reasons why people were so bullish on Bitcoin to the point to where they made these predictions. One of them kind of is technical analysis, and that's the stock-to-flow model, um, which so far has held up. And even though price has spent six, seven months under that model in the past, the odds were that if it held up, we could have seen 100K Bitcoin by the end of the year. That's valid. And I have a hard time refuting that. But now the other main argument I heard was the case for a Bitcoin ETF in the United States, which was expected to come about by the end of 2021. This would allow a lot of individual investors and hopefully a lot of institutions to have that vehicle to where they could actually drop some money into Bitcoin without having to open a wallet, which scares a lot of people. A lot of big institutions can't just do that. You know, they can't open a wallet when they have hundreds and thousands of clients. So it did make sense, right? And there were a host of other reasons, too, um, that were pretty hard to argue but I will explain to you my reasoning as to why I didn't think this prediction had any legs at all. So I'll explain that in a moment. First, let me tell you how the bet finally went down. When I first put that bet out there to the forums, Bitcoin was going down. I even got a bearish signal on the weekly chart. So I was even more confident about this. But I had absolutely no takers for my little rinky-dink bet. Now, hardcore followers of this podcast will remember that bear signal I got on my weekly chart was an absolute unmitigated failure of a signal, and my chart flipped positive the very next week. Sentiment was officially bullish again, and all it took was four or five days of bullish price action. And just like that, the moon talk came back. 
So I also came back and I said, hey guys, bet's still on. Anybody went in? And I actually got one guy to come in at $500. So I proposed it again to other forums for 500 instead of 1,000 because really 1,000 is all I wanted to bet. And I got somebody else to come in too. So good on them. They have both also paid up. They had no problem using Litecoin, which, uh, as we've already talked about, is a coin I'm really bullish on anyway. But I also love that blockchain when it comes to things like this. It's just so quick and cheap and easy. Uh, but that's funny, though, isn't it? That it, it took one week of sentiment flipping from bearish to bullish to actually get people to jump in on this bet. Now, why did you make this bet in the first place, VP? Tell us your reasoning after the fact, you bum. Well, I've actually been mentioning a lot of that here on the podcast. Some of what I tell you is going to be new information, but a lot of it's not. First off, let's go broad to narrow. And let's just pretend that price is back up to 60000 And let's pretend like it's September or October 2021, whenever it was. What do we need, exactly need, for price to go from 60000 to 100000 to increase by two-thirds in value in the span of three months. What do we need to happen? Well, on a very base level, we need a lot more people, and especially a lot more institutions, investing in Bitcoin. And we need all of this to happen in three months. So on an individual level, look, most people who are super enthusiastic about Bitcoin are already in in some capacity. You might have a lot of people in poorer countries that don't have an on-ramp to get in. And you know, I think crypto in general is doing a great job of putting those pieces in place. Uh, but it's, it's not going to happen in three months. It's pr- probably going to be a couple of years before anything like that happens. You know, and let's say all of these countries are able to come in. You know, these are relatively poor countries. Is that money really enough to move the needle? I don't know. Probably some. But what about everybody else? People who are already in it, you know, you need to compel them to put a lot more money into one cryptocurrency. And on an individual investor level, I just couldn't see it. I mean, we had inflation, but we had been having inflation. You know, that was one of the reasons a lot of people stated that people are going to flock to the safe haven of Bitcoin. So let's leave that all on hold for a minute, okay, and move over to institutions, which if any of these moonshot predictions are ever going to come true, even five, six years from now, this is the money we really, really need. You know, if we can pull this, we can make Bitcoin scarce in a hurry. And again, good news. There are on-ramps for institutions that are being created that were not there before that is going to make this whole process easier. But here's the problem. They actually have to want to. And I've stated this so many times. What do most major institutions, the ones who hold grandma's pension, what are they more interested in? Moonshot returns? No. They're interested in wealth preservation. Grandma gave her money to these funds for them not to take huge risks with it. And guess what? Here's the punchline. The reason why none of these funds went in right now and the reason why people really should not be looking at Bitcoin as an inflation hedge is because say whatever you want about Bitcoin, anything that has shown the ability to fall 50% and then again 30% in the same year is not a safe haven. 
Now, you guys might understand this, but try explaining this to Bitcoin maxis. Jesus Christ. Now, am I super bullish on the fundamentals of Bitcoin? Of course I am. But I'm also a finance guy. And I also understand that by no definition would something that volatile at this point in time be considered a safe haven. Now, in the future, I think it will. Like years from now, yeah. But these predictions were 2021 predictions. And things like inflation and safe havens were a lot of the buzzwords being thrown around as basis points for these predictions. Now, on to the ETF side of things. Uh, you guys know I got a couple fingers you know, firmly in the ETF world as well. And there was a good chance that we were going to see a Bitcoin ETF in the United States, but... Almost anybody with their ear to the ground, they were all saying the same thing. They're like, yeah, if it's going to happen, it's going to be a futures ETF. Now, those really big funds that we were talking about earlier, how excited do you think they would be about a Bitcoin futures ETF? Spoiler alert, they're not. And now, despite all of this, ticker symbol BITO came out, and I think it had the second largest debut um, in terms of inflows for their first week. And it still barely moved the needle in the end. Now, let's go ahead and play make-believe for a minute and say, just pretend that it was an actual Bitcoin ETF. What would that have done? It would have probably moved the needle more. But again, the base underlying thing we need is that institutional money. And there would have been a lot of hedge funds that probably had no problem with it. But those big lurking giants where trillions and trillions in dollars are held, access is not their main barrier. Safety is. And until we see Bitcoin stop with this whole drop 50% and then drop 30% again in the same year type nonsense, don't expect this money to be flowing in anytime soon. But hey, you know what? I think the future looks very bright. For Bitcoin and crypto overall, that is. Because one of the biggest things you're going to need for people to flock over to things like cryptocurrencies, and really gold for that matter too, is for something really bad to happen in the overall market. We need chaos. And I think that chaos is coming. And the more mature and the more regulated Bitcoin gets, I think the less you're going to see of those huge drops and large fund manager confidence is slowly going to grow. Will we see a true Bitcoin ETF in the United States this year? I don't know. But again, at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to matter that much if you're a true long-term buy and holder. I think crypto is the future of money. I think Bitcoin and Ethereum are going to lead the way for a long time. And I still think right now in 2022, we are very early and I am very bullish. Uh, but if you haven't garnered enough takeaways from this podcast episode, let me just give you the main one. And that is to never make your purchasing decisions based on a future price prediction. You know, just like trading, we trade the market in front of us and that's all we got. That's all we know. You know, in investing, it's a bit different. Uh, you have to actually believe in what you're buying. And fundamentals play a much bigger role. Just don't ever buy anything because a group of experts are telling you that your investment is going to skyrocket by a particular date. Now, again, some of these people actually are experts. Some of them may not be. But the fact remains, it's complete madness. And even if some of these people get it right in the future, it's not going to take away the fact that it's still madness. Now, look, I don't have the money a lot of these people do. I don't have the social clout a lot of these people do. I don't have the qualifications a lot of these people do, not by a long shot. 
but the one thing I think I do bring to the table, and those of you who have known me for a while can probably attest to this, is I am able to see things in a different way. And I am able to take a step back and avoid most of the hype. So even though I'm far, far from the best financial guru out there, I still think that I'm a great person to have on your side. So let's make 2022 awesome, shall we? What do you think? Because price predictions, even though everybody loves them and they get a ton of clicks and they give everybody boners, at their core are pretty crazy. We, on the other hand, are not crazy. We're just early. <laughs>